This episode of the podcast is brought to you by From Within Records and still 12 inch EP coming summer 2022 from Envision. I'm super excited about that. I love that band. I love Straight Edge. So please be excited, just like me. From Within Records fanzine issue number six, the UK edition, plus some NYHC. Morning, Hellbound, Declination, Northern Unrest, Scott Vogel's top five NYHC records. Support that fanzine. Also available late summer 2022, the final installment in the trilogy, Once in Unity Comp Volume 3, Not One Truth. They just released new music, so if you haven't had a chance to check that out, please go boot up your Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, Bandcamp, and support that band. They're awesome. Hellbound, Never Again, C4, Chemical Fix, Search for Purpose, Stiff Meds, Fool's Game, Contention, Buried Alive, Live It Down, Gridiron, Adrian, Broken Vow, Nothing But Enemies, Submit, Killing Me, and Wreckage. Also, if you're not following Chrome Within Records on social media, go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. If you're looking for high quality merch for your band, for your business, for whatever, go support my friends over at Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. You can follow them on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing or you can get in contact with them through email at contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. They do amazing merch. They did all of my collab tees. They've most likely printed merch for your favorite bands. So support that company if you can. On today's episode, we had to track down our good buddy Dave Bogger. He sings for a band called Weapon X out of Louisville, Kentucky. They put out their demo fairly recently, I'm sure. A lot of you have heard it. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't heard it, please click pause, do yourself a favor, and go seek out that demo before you listen to this podcast. It's amazing. I love being straight edge. I love that demo, and I am very happy to have had Dave on the podcast today to talk about the band, the demo. It was super awesome for me. I love Dave. I love Louisville, and I can't wait to get out there. But before we get into today's episode... I wanted to talk about this LDB comp that's coming out next month. I was fortunate enough to have gotten sent a copy of the comp and a special treat for all of the listeners today. I will be premiering a new Weapon X song titled You Can't Outrun, which I'm very excited for. I love new content, especially from Weapon X. This is seriously such a treat for me. I hope all of you enjoy this new song just as much as I did. So please strap in, enjoy the comp song, and make sure to follow LDB on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, which is awesome. I love their TikTok content. I'm a newer player to the TikTok game and seeing LDB on there posting a bunch of cool record reviews, live sets from shows. It's super awesome. It's a cool and a little bit different way to uh, stay interactive with them. So please support them any way you can. And please look forward to the comp. There will be more news coming soon. Uh, the bands that will be on the comp, uh, you can look forward to Two Witnesses, Gates to Hell, Sleep Away, Hurts to Lose, Love and Trust, which I'm very excited for because I've loved that band for a really long time. Sidestep, Three Poisons, 
prime, nine eyes, inclination, cadence, constraint, heart stopper, weapon X, and wicked garden. So please enjoy this calm song from weapon X. Enjoy this episode with Dave Bogger and thank me later. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. How's it going? Doing well. How's it going, Jamie? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm stoked to have you here on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of Weapon X, just uh. like just like a lot of people. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I I'm trying to remember. I think uh, I I saw the, the band's name on, on a flyer, and, and I immediately reached out to Tyler Short, mutual friend, and I was like, "Great guy, yes, amazing guy." I love Tyler, and I, I was like, "Yo, like, what can you tell me about this band?" And he's like, "Oh, he's like, you'll hear about it soon." So he kind of just like <laughs> left me like kind of in the dark, which I'm like, "All right, that's fine. Uh, maybe they're working on stuff." And then um, I remember I was at work one day, and I just saw people like tweeting about Weapon X, Weapon X, and I was like, "Why is everybody talking about that band?" Is like the demo out? And sure enough, I went and looked, and the music was out, and I like kind of took a little break and like you know sat with the demo, and I was like immediately just blown away just l- loved the demo from start to finish dude thank you so much i really appreciate it so um so I, I, okay um obviously uh you know that was my little spiel about weapon x but i, I want to build back into that right so i kind of want to sure. jump back to um like your origins uh, did you grow up in louisville so i i've lived in a lot of different places and i won't it's a long story, um, but I, I moved to Louisville just before sixth grade. Okay. Um, so I would say, yeah, like I mainly gr- I've spent more time here than anywhere else in my life. And mm. it's kind of where I consider home. Um, I've left and come back a few times and this is kind of where I'm here to stay now. And I, I started going to shows in 2003. So um, it's pretty young. I think I was 14, 15 years old. Mm. And uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've just been kind of around for a while going to shows and everything here. So, yeah, you mentioned 2003. I feel like we're uh, on a similar timeline because uh, I, I also started going to shows uh, 
early 2000s, uh, probably uh, just like a year older than you. Um, but, you know, you getting into that music so young, uh, have you always wanted to do a band or is this just something that uh, kind of, you know, came together? Um, yeah, maybe a little bit of both. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've always been interested in doing a band. It's just never really worked out until now. Um, it's funny because like the name, the, the weapon X name, like I've been sitting on that name for 10, 15 years now, just mm-hmm. cause I, you know, like I, I read comics and I always thought like that, that would be a cool name for a straight edge band. And, um, a couple of years ago, you know, a whole bunch of us were hanging out, um, in a summer and somebody made an offhanded comment about like, Oh yeah. Like now we just got to get Dave in a band. And I was like, Oh, like that's probably not going to happen. Like, you know, it's, it's just, it, you know, and somebody's like, well, what about weapon X? And I was like, ah, I don't know. Like I, you know, I've been joking about it for so long that I, uh, I don't know if it'll ever be a thing. And Isaac was there and he was just kind of like, okay, like we're going to write a demo, like we're going to do it. And and it started to slowly like unfold from there. Like, like I was like, okay, cool. Like let's do it. And then a couple months later, like I hadn't really thought about it. And he, uh, he texted me and he was like, Hey, I've got like a couple of riffs here. Like, what do you think? And from there it just kind of snowballed. Okay. And, uh, you getting into hardcore and going to shows in the early two thousands, uh, when did you decide to become straight edge? Uh, not too long after I started going to shows, I've been straight edge since just before I turned 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm 33 now. So pretty, pretty good amount of time. Um, it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I, I honestly, I really loved throwdown. I still really love throwdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, also like just, you know, was never, never like much of like a party person, never really into, you know, like drinking or anything. So it just kind of made sense for me at the time. And that's where I've been ever since. That's awesome that you mentioned throwdown. I always get excited when people, uh, even like people from here, because uh, there's like a whole new generation of kids. It's been like, I don't even remember what the last time they played. Uh, the last time I, I remember seeing them was a chain reaction, but uh, I, I just love when people just talk about that band because they uh, were very important for me growing up too. And I didn't grow up in Orange County. I, I grew up in the Palm Springs area, but my friends and I, we would drive out to the Inland Empire to Orange County to uh, you know catch shows. And I got to see Throwdown. Uh, like I, I first saw Throwdown when it was like the Haymaker era. So I, I didn't, yeah. yeah, so I, I didn't get to see it with uh, Keith Barney on vocals, but I love, I love Dave uh, as a front man. So I, I still think those times were super awesome. So just hearing you mention that band, I, cause I, I don't want to let that band, you know, fade away. Uh, cause it's no. like, you know, they're, they haven't like completely hung it up, but you know, who knows if they'll ever do anything. Cause I, I know they're open to it, but it's just, I, I think it's just a matter of like scheduling and, the right yep. like offer because for a, a big band like that to come back i feel like it has to be worth their while because yeah they're also busy in their personal lives doing other stuff that's like that's one of those bands that you know i'm i'm 33 and at this point like i don't travel as much for shows and it's not mm-hmm. because i you know care less or anything like that it's just i've got you know i've got a career now it's a little harder to like just you know fuck off for a few days to go to a show or a fest or something but that's one of those ones where like if they were like, Hey, we're going to play a show in, uh, you know, orange County or something, that's an instant, like, okay, cool. Like I will buy plane tickets right now and like fly out there. Still one of my favorite bands. They've got multiple records that, you know, I've listened to pretty regularly still. Um, mm. I think they're, you know, and I don't know, people might laugh at 
at me when they listen to this. I don't really care, but I think I think they're the best straight edge band of all time. Yeah, I I don't know. If, yeah, I honestly maybe because I'm such like a Orange County, uh, you know, representative. Uh, you know, like obviously, like I, I I don't hide the fact that I'm a transplant, but I just ride so hard for Orange County because of yeah. bands like Throwdown. Because uh, in my early years, that's like what I long for is to to have a cool local scene with, uh, you know, bands doing it like them. And the, where I was from, th- there was a scene, but it was like in this constant state of like red where uh, people were fighting to keep it alive. But yep. in the end, it kind of failed. Like there's still stuff going out there. There's there was just a show out there um, and for the first time in a long time. But it's not like how it was like in my heyday because there was this metalcore band back in the day called It Involves Murder, and they were like this like anomaly because the the scenes always split with like subgenres, right? Kids will only oh, yeah. come out to like you know youth crew stuff or like the beatdown stuff. But there was like this metalcore band, and I don't know why or how, but there was just this one band that everybody loved, and whenever they played, everybody rolled out, and it was always like an yeah. event, which was weird, even though they were like a local band, and it, it was always crazy. But like they broke up. And it just was never the same after that, which was like really strange. Well, what's crazy too is like that whole set of Orange County bands from like that time period were all fucking awesome too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had Throwdown, Bleeding Through, 18 Visions, like it's all, and it's all the same people. At least early on, it was, you know, the same like 10 but, dudes mm-hmm. cycling in and out of all of those bands. And all of those bands were unbelievable. Um, like just unreal bands and and you know you mentioned um how there how there's like a lot of like splits along subgenres and i feel like when because i think you and i have a pretty similar experience i feel like when i was a kid and probably when you were a kid that wasn't as much of a thing like you would see you know met like metalcore bands touring with like hardcore bands and like mm-hmm. for the longest time like i didn't have it in my head that there was like this like split it was just all it was just all hardcore to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of like, obviously like, you know, I, now that I'm a little older, I kind of recognize the the differences, but like, I still don't, I look at it kind of the same, all the same way. Like if it's, if it's music made by people that are involved in hardcore, even if it's not strictly, I don't know, like hardcore punk, like I don't really see the point in having like the super hard delineation. Um, because like if the ethics and the mindset is there, does it matter all that much if they play metal riffs over, you know, punk riffs or like whatever? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? You know, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I totally get it, but, um, excuse me, I don't know what's going through it right now, but, um, <laughs> people just like to get like nitpicky and it's weird that, uh, they want to put up these walls to kind of separate, uh, you know, all of us when in, in turn, there's so many people who love multiple genres. Yeah. And, uh, I, feel like i'm one of those people who think it's like a treat when i roll up to a show and it's a mixed bill and i get a little bit of everything and you know i I don't mind if i go to a show and it's all like heavy bands or all you through stuff but i I think it's just that much more fun because maybe right it it does feel like a throwback to when we were younger when those lines were like way more blurred yep and and i i also like i don't know the way that i look at things is the more people that get into the things that i'm into means the more that those things will be able to like thrive and grow and you know those communities will get better so i think mixed bill shows even if it's like genres of stuff that i don't really care for 
I think mixed bill shows are fucking cool because it might inter- like some some kid like I might be there to see you know whatever like hardcore metalcore band or whatever and some kid might be there to see a pop punk band or something but they might hear the other bands and think like oh like that's kind of cool maybe I should check that out and that's how you know that's I mean that's how you find new shit and I think it's cool and I think that that's something that should happen more nowadays yeah i i feel like there's starting to be like a turn right where uh people are starting to not be afraid to kind of like you know think outside the box and maybe start a band that isn't uh what is cool at the moment and oh, yeah. uh, and, and you know they care about more what they actually want to play and they'll just kind of find out where they fit in versus like you know caring about you know being the next hype band or you know uh, being popular they just you know go out and do their thing and uh, you know just figure it out yeah no I, and i think that's i think that's how it should be and it's awesome you know again the more people that are into the things that we're into theoretically means the more that those things will be able to grow and flourish and you know that's always a good thing yeah, I, I definitely agree because I see those tweets about, you know, people wanting to, uh, quote unquote, gatekeep, uh, you know, which is always funny because, uh, you know, good luck with that. There's uh, you know, yeah, the yeah. Internet. You're not really going to. Uh, you- yeah, these days it's just not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it, and I think it's like a like a funny as a joke, but uh, sure. you never know who you could be turning away. So I'm, I'm of the mind where like, yeah, I, I want to try to be as welcoming as possible right i'm not going to be everybody's friend but i'm at least going to be nice enough to you know to you know be welcoming uh, but i might not be your friend because you know people are weird whatever but oh, yeah, yeah uh, i i uh you know excuse me when people play in these bands you know um, that are different genres they don't even know who they might be influencing because they don't know everybody in the room and uh, they're not you know in tune with everybody's tastes and you know it could just be one lucky night where somebody hears this riff or the band sounds super tight that night and they're like, okay, cool. I want to start something like that. that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, with the, with the whole point of like gatekeeping, the the way that I look at it is like the people that want to be involved and around will be involved and around and stick around. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they have a good experience and Mm -hmm. like, and then the people that don't or the people that are there for like the, you know, the wrong reasons or whatever, they're going to end up, I, I would say for the most part, those people are going to end up like, you know, moving on at some point anyways. So I don't feel the need to like make that something that I need to take on myself to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I want to focus on like, I, I, you know, keeping things cool and like welcoming and going well, you know, in the places that I'm or the place that I'm involved in and the people that I'm involved with. 100% because uh, we don't have an infinite amount of time here um, as, as far as we know who knows maybe uh, the simulation <laughs> will restart but um, <laughs> I, I want to like tr- just I always just want to try to maximize like my happiness and the fun that yep. I'm able to have because you're right I, I honestly think that uh, those like you know fakes those people who are here for the wrong reasons they will succumb you know over time because uh, they're they're gonna get exhausted themselves to try to put yep. on this fake persona or they might find some other interest where they think they might you know be way more popular and or whatever reason they leave I always uh, like to think that um, you know it'll just work itself out like the yep. weeks and the posers they they, they never last and trust me like, yeah. as long as we've been around like I, I'm sure you've seen just as many people come and go as I have. Yep. And, and, you know, 
I don't even I don't, at this point, I don't even think I care when that happens. If somebody mm. decides this isn't for me anymore, or even if they don't make that decision and they just kind of fade out, like you went to some shows, you maybe had some fun, you got something out of it. Who gives a shit? You know, like it doesn't for the most part, I don't really think that that kind of thing is going to impact me directly. So like, mm. I don't care if somebody, you know, I don't feel any type of way about somebody moving on or whatever, unless they're, I don't know, an asshole about it. But I mean, I, I could probably, if I had to, I would have really have to rack my brain to think about how many times I've seen that actually happen. So, yeah. And I've seen all the, you know, the interesting takes about, people needing to grow up or, you know, moving on or whatever. And, and that's fine for me. I've ever since I got into hardcore, I've had like this thirst for wanting to find like the next good band. Cause right. It's like, I, I feel like I find a band, listen to them. Cool. That's, that's like knowledge gained. And now they're on this, like, you know, the, this roster that I have um, internally. And I know about the band. I'm like, all right, cool. If I found that good band, who's next? And I haven't gotten tired. It's been, you know, 20 years at this point. And I still, you know, get on the Internet. It's way easier now than way back in the day, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) which is nice. And and, and it's cool because for people to still like, you know, two decades later to still be able to find new bands that get me excited about something that I've been, you know, involved with and thinking about like so much, it's cool there's not many other things like that in my life yep it's it's you know like you said like i i've been going to shows for almost 20 years at this point Mm -hmm. and um i don't feel any less like interested or engaged or like you know stoked about it And, and i think the whole i feel like the last few years i've seen from time to time like i'll see on twitter or something like people talking you know like oh like talking about moshing is corny or talking about like they're it feels sort of like there's there's this idea where like being excited about whatever you know the music the the moshing the whatever is like corny and it's like who cares man maybe it is corny i don't i don't fucking care i don't have the energy to to worry about whether or not i'm being like cringy about something that i like you know i i had like a thought about that this morning i have a buddy uh shout out uh, tommy he sings for this band called broken heart or excuse me, Broken Heart. His, his last name is hard. I'm totally mixing things up. I, uh, uh, he sings in a band called Broken Vow. Sorry, Tommy. Uh, but but he, he's currently on tour with uh, Anxious, and they're on tour with Boston Manor, Higher Power, and Trash Boat. And he posted a video to his Instagram story of him, uh, you know, singing, uh, you know, with Trash Boat. And I was like, that's so cool because I yeah. really enjoyed that band, and I got to see them like years ago when they were on tour with Newfound Glory. Then they just kind of went dark and. A lot of bands, uh, you know, from their area don't really make it out to America that often. So I I was like, maybe they're never coming back. But when this tour got announced, I'm like, all right, cool. I, I get to see them again. And then getting to see one of my friends sing with them and just look like he was having a blast on that tour. I, I was like, OK, I'm going to message him and tell him that, like, you know, that that video is sick and that I love Trash Boat. But I was like, this dude's like way younger than me. He might think I'm corny. But I'm like, whatever. He might actually appreciate this because who yeah. knows? Uh, who, yeah. Uh, people like, yeah, I'm just like, whatever. I'm, I'm just going to let him know how I, how I feel. And, uh, you know, he's obviously a friend and, you know, he liked the message and it was like, I didn't, you know, he didn't say anything weird to me. But it, I was just like, yeah, I, I don't care, uh, you know, if people think I'm corny. I'm, I'm just going to just keep doing what I normally do. Yep. And I think that's the most important thing because, like, again, if we. <sighs> 
you know, I'm sure at some point everybody's going to do something that somebody else is going to look at and be like, oh, like that's corny. But like, if you're not hurting anybody, if you're not like bumming anybody out, who gives a shit, man? You know? Yeah, I, I think I'm fortunate enough to have listened to uh, so many podcasts uh, and interviews with uh, people that I admire and that are way more successful than me and then have them just constantly beat into me that I can't focus on like what other people really think about me, whether it be good or bad. Um, I just got to you know stay focused and just keep doing what I want to do. Because, yep. uh, you know, if I focus on too much of the good, you know, I could get, you know, build up an ego and, you know, lose sight on what I'm at, why I'm actually doing the things that I'm doing. And the same thing with the, the negative. If I spend all day reading these bad comments about me or whatever, it's just going to eat me up inside when those things yep. in the end don't really matter. Because if it's not coming yeah. from the people that I care about and love, like it shouldn't really affect me that much. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, if. if if somebody wants to, if somebody wants to think the worst about you, but they're not somebody who's either going to try to have a conversation with you about it, or they're not going to, I don't know, come beat you up about it. Why should you give a shit? Yeah. I love going to sleep at night, knowing that my haters have to see me on their timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I've, um, I've uh, talked to so many bands and I continue to talk to so many bands that um, I know that people will listen to that don't like me, but they still have to see me get retweeted and posted on their timelines and they can't do anything about it. So Suck yeah, it, fuck suck it, haters! You can't stop me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it's it, it's cool. But I'm, I'm really interested in uh, you know you coming from Louisville. You've got to see it kind of rise from you know people not really caring about the Midwest and it being like a flyover state. And you know, like, and there's always been good bands from there. Uh, excuse me, good bands from there, but people just never really took it serious. But uh, for you to have been there for so long and see it, you know, kind of grow into what it is today, like, how has that been? It's really fucking cool, man. Like, I, you know, I, I don't want to like the Midwest, the middle of the country is like kind of a hard space sometimes to tour through because, like, you know, the drives are really big and, um, that's not to say we have it any, you know, like, Oh, like it's so fucking hard, like here, like compared to anywhere else. But like, it, it can be kind of tough to like, you know, keep things going here versus like some other places where there's like lots of big cities, like, you know, in quick succession, you know, two, three hour drives mm -hmm. and you can hit a bunch of big cities. And that's awesome. Like, I think it's great that, you know, there's places where it's not, maybe not quite as difficult to get that going, but it's really fucking cool. Especially I feel like the last few years of LDB have kind of been a really good, um, like meter stick for that, because I think people have seen, you know, 2019, 2020, and then this past year and kind of realized like, you know, with like the lineups getting as crazy as they are. And like the, you know, people watch the videos and they're like, Oh damn, like Louisville's actually a cool city. And it feels good. And, and I don't mean that in like a egotistical way. I don't mean that in like a, yeah, like my city is cool, but like my city is cool. And it's nice that like people are kind of kind of maybe thinking about like, oh, like maybe I'll go to that fest next year, or maybe I'll come out to this show there at some point, because like, I think what we have going on here is really cool and really special. And like a lot of people here bust their asses for it. And, um, it's nice, you know, it's nice that it's finally starting to, to, that's finally starting to show outside of the, just the surrounding area. Mm -hmm. I used to have this friend, uh, shout out Natalie. Uh, she used to, you know, talk about, yeah, I'm, I'm flying out to Midwest Bloodfest 
and all of us in California be like, wow, why you're a weirdo? Like, who do you know out and uh, out there? And she's like, oh, I, I got friends. And every year she would go and still goes and, uh, you know, props to her to, you know, kind of have that foresight to, you know, be down to support a scene like yours before it was cool to do that. It's yeah. Like, and, and you know, I, I think the fact, like, again, using the fest is kind of like a, a yardstick for the, growth of just how things are mm-hmm. in louisville in general um it's it's been a pretty steady you know slow but steady rise in in how you know cool things have gotten here and um that's not to say things weren't cool when it first started things were fucking awesome the first the first fest was just as cool as this past year mm-hmm. um there's just been kind of an escalation in the amount of people you know the types of bands that are getting booked and it's 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 awesome yeah, I, I feel like over the past couple of years, it's kind of grown into like not just like a, a regional fest, but you know something that can be looked at as like you know one of the big fests, you know, in like the, the circuit that we have. And and well, and what's cool about that too is like there's a lot of, I mean, there's an unreal amount of really cool fests in mm-hmm. the United States. Uh, you know, we we there's like you can constantly see the best bands in hardcore you know, in cool cities all around the country. And um, it's, it's nice that, like, I think it's cool that, you know, maybe like some people are considering LDB to be in that bracket, I guess. Mm -hmm. I like that. It feels good. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I I think it is, uh, you know, because the, if you look at the, the lineup, the, you know, the attendance, I I feel like it it speaks for itself. You can't really deny it at this point. I, I was watching the, um, pain of truth set earlier today uh, on hate five six and mm-hmm. that set was fucking insane i mean it's it's i don't know if you i don't know if you've watched the footage of it yet but it's like unfucking real and uh that was like that was just i don't know the vibe the whole weekend everybody people just going the fuck off to ev- you know to every band i feel like every band got a cool reaction there were no bands where people weren't moving weren't stage diving weren't singing along and i like that a lot yeah, and shout out Pain of Truth. I think they're, oh. um, you know, right now like one of the you know busiest and hardest working bands in hardcore. So I'd, easily, and yeah. and they're, uh, I mean, I've seen them a handful of times now, and mm-hmm. every time has been unbelievable. They played a show uh, a few months before the fest uh, at this place that we had shows at for a little while called Flora, mm-hmm. and that show uh, it was with. Uh, Age of Apocalypse, and I think Anxious was on that. It was really fucking uh, Chemical Fix. I think was on it too. Really fucking cool show, mm-hmm. and uh, and kind of a mixed bill show, which we were talking about earlier. And that was like the craziest show that I've seen in Louisville, in Louisville. That was just like a regular show since I was a kid. Like I remember watching watching Age of Apocalypse and Pain of Truth, and just thinking like, holy fucking shit, this is unreal. Yeah, those are you know two newer bands, which is awesome. So and oh yeah, you know, both from New York, uh, you know, killing it. Shout out uh, New York hardcore. Shout out Long Island. Shout out the yeah, Hudson Long Valley. Island. Yeah, I mean New York mm-hmm. is is it's unreal right now. There's so many fucking good bands coming out of there. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you know, finally getting back to Weapon X, uh, you know how long did it take for you guys to come up with the demo? Cause I, I remember you mentioning, you know, Isaac had hit you up and you know mentioned that he had a couple things written. So from that point, you know, how long did it take and what was the process? So, um, that was, so that was like all around 2020 when it kind of started to, to gather steam and, um, Isaac and Trey wrote, 
you know, musically, they wrote pretty much everything between the two of them. And um, the first thing that we record, the first thing that they like had, like, okay, we've got a full song, like ready to rock was um, our comp song. There's a comp coming out on LDB of all Louisville bands. And um, they, they, you know, kind of brought that to all of us, to me, Brian, and then, you know, Trey and Isaac brought in there like okay like what do you guys think this is like a fully completed track that um, we were thinking about using for like the the louisville comp and um from that so that probably they probably had that song like mostly together minus you know lyrics first like first chunk of 2021 Mm -hmm. so um they you know a lot of the end of 2020 and into 2021 was you know writing of like riffs and drum parts and everything and And then once that song was, you know, put together, it all started to happen pretty quickly. They, you know, they would have a song ready to rock, like, okay, hey, we have another demo song, like every few weeks at that point. Okay. And uh, how was it for you, like, you know, working through that process? Um, so I've never been in a band before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little like, I, I'll say this. I'm really lucky that everybody else in the band, you know, Trey, Brian, Isaac are all like super, you know, they know what the fuck they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, you know, I yeah. think that's putting it lightly. They, you know, and um, that I think made it a lot easier for me than maybe it would have been had that not been the case. Um, because any, you know, any time that I was like any felt any doubt or any, I'm not really too sure what to do here. Like they knew exactly how to drive, uh, that whole process forward and how to drive everything forward for, you know, recording and getting stuff written and getting stuff ready to like, to go. So, Mm -hmm. um, it, it could have been way harder for me and they, because they know what the fuck they're doing. It wasn't. That's cool. I'm I'm happy to hear that you're able to have you know, that kind of support and kind of have a smooth process and you know creating this demo. And not every straight edge band is the same, right? Uh, obviously, there's like I feel like there's levels to what kind of straight edge band you are. But when I listen to Weapon X, this is just one of those like in your face, like we're gonna you know, have songs about straight edge, like we're proud to be yep. straight edge. Uh, how did you land on uh, you know being that type of straight edge band versus being a, a band that uh, you know is a straight edge band, but they don't you know even talk about straight edge in any of their songs? So I, the the whole it I, I won't go as far as to say like it's a joke band because I, I it's not a joke band, mm-hmm. but the initial kind of ground level idea was like we really like the first Blood demo we want to write something that's just super, super just like heavy and like obnoxious and like kind of tongue in cheek, you know, like first blood demo with like very in your face, like obnoxious straight edge lyrics. That was kind of the whole like idea behind, um, behind putting that demo together. And, um, you know, we, we wanted it to be very clearly like, this is a straight edge band, like, we are about being straight edge and and not to say that, you know, not every straight edge band has to be like that or is supposed to be like that or anything. Like there's a ton of really good straight edge bands right now that don't necessarily constantly throw it in your face, but um, that's what we wanted to do. I really appreciate that because I, um, loved uh, the seventh dagger era you know obviously like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> looking back not not all, like not all the bands like, you know, hold up, but I just, yeah. remember, I, I just remember being young 
And back then, and especially where I lived, it wasn't cool to be straight edge. Like we were definitely outnumbered versus like the other kids in the scene. So, um, you know, we used to get in fights over us being straight edge. People trying to like, you know, bully us and make fun of us. And, uh, you know, so finding like a a, a label like that and just, you know, everybody (laughs) being like looking like crazy killers, but also being like super (laughs) pro straight edge. I was like, oh, cool. Like, um, this is awesome. And obviously, like, you know, there were a ton of other straight edge bands, but it was just uh, just this weird moment for straight edge when Seventh Dagger was around Um, and that faded away. But when I just listened to Weapon X, I'm like, damn, this is so cool that it's just like in your face, like not shy about it. This is definitely like right up my alley and makes me, uh, you know, still proud to be straight edge when I listen to that demo. Thank you. Thank you. Like that's, and that's, that's like what we wanted out of it because like, again, you know, I've been straight edge for a pretty long time and, and um, we're all like, we're all pretty serious about being straight edge, but we also like, ultimately the idea of it was just to do a like fun, heavy, obnoxious band. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that was kind of the goal from the start. And um, I'm really happy with how it all came out. Yeah, me too. I'm, I, I was super stoked about it. That was like, uh, you're like one of like two bands that I was like super bummed that I couldn't go to LDB to see. It was like top of my list. Uh, two witnesses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, dude, those are my fucking. I've known a couple of like Mo, the singer of that band, is a guy that I went to high school with. Okay. And then, you know, I, it's funny. Uh, Jim, uh, he, he plays guitar in Two Witnesses and he, he wrote everything. I'm pretty sure mostly everything. Uh, I met him 12 years ago to the day, two days ago. Oh, um, wow. And uh, it's, we were having a conversation about that last night. It's it's pretty funny. But um, yeah, I, I love Two Witnesses. I think they capture a super distinct... Uh, I, I Honestly, I love every band in Louisville right now. Mm-hmm. That I, I think every Louisville band, right? And I'm biased because, you know, it's it's my city and the, like those are my friends, but... I, I think we have a lot of really cool bands right now, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, hundred percent. The Louisville comp is gonna be fucking awesome. Okay, I'm, I, I'm not, you know, okay. To be, cl- uh, you know, clear, uh, I have the the comp. I've listened to it. Uh, super awesome. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how much I can say because I don't want to make anyone upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, I, but I will say that listening to that comp. I was like, wow, there are so many good bands on this comp and I'm really stoked for it to get released and people to hear it and kind of um, if they're not already in tune, you know, I'm sure that's going to put a lot of people on notice because like there's a really good variety when it comes to that comp. I really hope so. And, and again, you know, I'm, we're all biased towards mm-hmm. our cities and our people and our bands, but I, I think there's a really cool mix of like, you know, genres and styles like on that comp like and um, I just, you know, I like all of those bands. I like all of those people. And I hope that when, when it drops, um, I hope people like it because I think it's really good. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure people are going to be super into it. Cause like I said, there's a lot of good bands, uh, like front to back that, that comp is, um, easy to listen to. Cause sometimes I'll, you know, put on a record and I'm like, okay, like this is this track. I can't wait for it to be over. So I get to the next one, but, um, I'm not sure if what I got is like the final, you know, track, you know, placement, but um, the way that it is, the way that I got it, I, I enjoyed it. And like I said, it was easy to listen to and, uh, you know, uh, not something that I felt like a chore. It, it was just like something that I was like, you know, having fun the whole entire time. Yeah, I um, what was I going to say about this. I had like I was thinking of a thing that I was going to say about this and I just totally fucking dropped it a second ago. Um, Yeah, I, I uh 
I don't know. I lost it. <laughs> okay. Maybe it'll come back to you. I'm, you know, yeah, the, yeah. That that happens from time to time. Okay, so the the demo drops. Uh, just curious about the the day. Was there any particular reason, um, you know, for that date that, that it came out, or was it just you know just like the so, day you guys decided? So what's funny about that is um, we were recording because it, it took us a little while to get everything like recorded, just because like you know, uh, Isaac. Uh, like Trey is pretty consistently on tour with dare mm. and like Isaac is, you know, busy with like knock stuff and like other stuff. And um, so we recorded over the span of a, of a few months. And the last song that we recorded for the demo was actually the Sunday before the fest. Um, and we sent it off to Bricktop like first thing Monday morning and they were fucking incredible. They, they got it, you know, mixed and mastered insanely fast and basically our just our only goal was to try to get it out as quickly as possible before the fest we wanted to have we, we didn't want to play the fest without anything out just because like i feel like one you know um it's important to me that you know since we since we got we had the opportunity to be on the fest i i wanted to make sure that um it wasn't like it didn't come across as like oh like we're just writing on the laurels of like i don't know like who's in the band or whatever. Like mm. I, I wanted to make sure that we had music out and, you know, we could show like, yes, like this is a real band and not just something we threw together for this fest or something like that. So it wasn't like an arbitrary date. It wasn't like a, Hey, we want to get it out by this Wednesday. It was literally just, that was the, after we finished recording the last song and it getting mixed and mastered, that was the um, earliest that we could get it out before the fest. Okay, and no, I, I I think it's awesome and uh, happy that I was able to work out to get it out, you know, so close to the fest. Yeah, and you know, shout out to Bricktop for you know being able to get it done in time because it it sounds awesome. Like I, it doesn't sound. They went nuts. Yeah, they went they went ape shit on it. Like it, it's it's I again having never been in a band, I don't know I don't know what the fuck any of these processes were like before mm. any of this. And uh, when when Isaac sent us like the first mix of it, I was like, Oh my fucking God, this sounds like a almost completely different. Like, like this sounds nuts. It's crazy how much of a difference it made. Yeah. One thing that I hate about um, having to do this podcast is that like the way that I hear audio is way different than before. Cause now I, I and I'm so judgy, right. But I'm, I'm, I'm not like, you know, I don't have any certificates. I'm not, uh, I, I'm not a real professional. I just, you know, uh, I'm just, struggling to make this whole thing work but when i listen to certain you know bands or even watch like youtube videos i am so puzzled at how like you know some people just made the decision to release the audio the way that it is and it's just yeah. so mind-boggling I'm like I, are they aware that it just sounds like shit <laughs> and that there's some things that they could have done to make it way better and you know way easier to listen to um, so that's like that's like one bad thing about doing this podcast is that it's like you know change the it's way that you a bit more of an ear for like how something should sound. Yeah, which I didn't. Yeah, which is you know I don't know maybe it's a a gift and a curse. Who knows? But but it is cool that they're able to get it done in time. And did you have any um, expectations or were you pleasantly surprised by the reaction of the demo? Oh, blown the fuck away! I I. I um... I, I, it's it's weird because I don't know how to talk about this without sounding like egotistical, and that's not mm -hmm. my intent or goal at all. Mm -hmm. I am really, really stoked about the response that we've gotten. It it 
I, you know, it's a little shocking that like it seemed to have reached as far as it did, but I'm really like thankful to everybody who's, you know, given, given it a listen and everybody who's like said nice things about it. It's, it's unreal to me. Um, it's way more than I ever would have or could have expected. That's awesome. And I, I think that just speaks to how good the music actually is. And obviously there's like, you know, a fuck ton of people that are still straight edge out there that, you know, probably <laughs> I, I, you know really identify with that record. Um, I, yeah, when I listened to it, I remember I reached out to, to Tyler. I was like, Hey, what uh, weapon X is fucking awesome. And Tyler is Tyler for people who, um, who don't really know him. He's so out of the <laughs> loop, just the way that he lives his life. So I feel like I'm always breaking his own news to him. Cause I, I, you know, I hit him up about weapon X oh, yeah. and he's like, Oh wait, is it out? And I'm like, yeah, it's out. And he's like, Oh, <laughs> awesome. And then even like, uh, like, like a week or two ago, I, uh, I texted him. All, all I said was Canada. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, dude, you, like inclination to playing Canada. That's cool. And he's like, Oh, did that get announced? And I was like, what? That's so fucking yeah. funny. I was like, dude, how am I? I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, he, uh, you know, chooses to, you know, not be on social media as often as, as I am, which is fair. Um, so I, but, but I do think it's funny when I do break his, like, you know, his own news to him. That's hysterical. I that's that's it's really funny because that's maybe one of the most Tyler like things that you could have told me. And it's so in line with like just him as a person. And it's it's very fucking funny. Yeah, but uh, I listened to the demo and, and I, I reached out to him. I'm like, dude, I need to have somebody from the band on the podcast. And then he he, he told me, he's like, All right. he's like, I'm going to text you uh, Dave's number and you know figure it out. So. Yeah, he, he texted me and he was like, hey, like, are you cool with me, you know, giving giving Jamie your number? And I was like, yeah, like, absolutely. And and yeah, so I'm I'm happy to be here. No, th- thank you. I'm happy that you're here. And you, you mentioned uh, First Blood a, a couple times, which is funny because that was one band that I, I you know, was rem- reminded of when I listened to the demo. And I, I'm not like friends with the singer, Carl, but um, he's been on the podcast before um, and he will be back on um, for, awesome. anyone, for anyone who's, who's listened to his first episode. Um, Carl will be back on the podcast, but I uh, sent uh, well, I, I say him, but it's like I, I sent the, the demo to the First Blood um, Instagram because he, he runs it all. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm curious if he's uh, seen it yet because he's obviously like in another part of the world. And I'm not yeah, sure. Uh, I know they're I know they they and I also know that they're pretty busy, mm-hmm. you know, like they i know they tour europe like constantly and shit which is fucking awesome yeah um yeah that that demo um i'll be honest that like and again people might make fun of me for this i don't give a shit that demo is probably my favorite hardcore demo of all time uh the Mm -hmm. split with blacklisted is some of my favorite on both sides is some of my favorite hardcore music ever written um i really love that band a lot my only tour that I've been on uh, was uh, I, I was doing merch for a local Inland Empire band called Every Man for Himself, and they were on the road with uh, First Blood for their California tour. So yeah, I, I, I remember Every Man for Himself. I, I liked a lot of like the California like IE bands. Oh really? At the oh, time. so yeah, that's yeah. wild. Okay, yeah. So I, I was on tour doing merch for them, and I got to do like a, a week with them so i got to see so every night i, I got to see uh, uh every man for himself death before dishonor bloodline calligraphy and first blood god that's and, that fucking rock that's like that's like such an of the time lineup and mm-hmm. it's so good because that's a that's a show that like 
you know, when I was a kid, had I seen a flyer for that coming through Louisville, I'd be like, oh yeah, like I'm fucking there. Like, and it's funny. I saw, I actually saw Death Before Dishonor in Cincinnati like a week ago. Okay. And it's the first time that I've seen them in probably, God, 10, 12 plus years. Like it's been a really long time since I've seen Death Before Dishonor. And uh, it was fucking great. It was awesome. They sounded great. They, you know, they played a really cool mix of shit. Some shit that I uh didn't you know newer stuff that i didn't recognize as well mm-hmm. and then they played like it was awesome yeah no i uh, you know truly respect that band uh the singer brian's been on the podcast before and i just think um for for them to be doing it for so long mm-hmm. i i feel like sometimes people take them for granted and i uh you know specifically reached out to brian i'm like yo like i love death before dishonor like when i was young getting into hardcore watching you know boston beat down and like wishing (laughs) i wishing i was born in boston so i could have been like you know been a part of like that boston scene like you know i i rode my bike so uh at the mall what was the store it was an fye the music stores that used to be at the mall i I don't fucking remember but i used Mm -hmm. to always have them order like cds and dvds for me Mm -hmm. and i had them order uh boston beat down volume two and i remember riding my bike to the mall to like go pick it up and buy it and then like racing home to watch that and it's just it's funny but you mentioned that specifically yeah i it was like legendary back in those oh, days yeah. like you know, oh yeah it's like have you seen it I'm like no i haven't seen it and then yeah i i remember i bought it I was, I, I remember why, but we were in Huntington beach for some reason and we were at some record store and they had it and I was like, I gotta buy this. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, it was like passed around our friend group. I don't know who, who had it last, but I never, it never got back to me. Um, but you know, obviously you can go find clips of it on YouTube. Um, I don't even know if you could even find a hard copy these days, but you know, yeah. good, good luck. Um, but, but I, I, I recommend it cause obviously, um, it's, it's, such a t- it's like a time capsule. Yeah, because it's something accurate for the time. And it, it's I, I think for people, um, you know, who came after, I, I feel like it's a really important thing to see what they had to go through and yep. what things were like back then for, for, for that scene. Because like a, a lot of shit they went through and like the bands that spawned out of there, you know, became some of the biggest bands ever. And, and to yeah. influence a lot of people to this day. So I, I always have a lot of respect for that Boston scene. And I always... Um, want to make sure that I, people don't take death port Dishonor for granted uh, you know, even though no. they've been around for a long time like they're they're still i think an important band and, and not only that like what's cool is like you know uh gates to hell which is another louisville band they're fucking awesome mm-hmm. they they played that show in cincy and um like the those do like the death before dishonor dudes were like riding for gates like super hard and it's cool that like they've been around as long as they have and they still i don't know like you know obviously like i've been around long enough to know that like there's not really any rock stars here or anything like that but it's cool seeing a band that has been around as long as they have still riding for newer bands i think that's i think that's important and i think that that's really sick to see yeah, and they've always been like that. And for you know, longtime listeners of the show, oh, yeah. they've heard this story before. But I, I used to play in a hardcore band back in the day, and my buddy Jeff Yuma, who still books shows to this day in Yuma, Arizona, um, he uh, you know he had booked my band, and we were playing with Death Before Dishonor and a couple other bands. I can't remember um, who else was on the bill, but um, in that part of Arizona, they don't do the time change for like daylight savings. So we're driving to the show and my buddy Jeff calls me. He's like, Gil, where are you guys? And I'm like, what are you talking about? We're on the way. And he's like, dude, we didn't do the time change. Like, did you forget? 
and i'm like oh shit and he's like yeah he's like you guys are very late and i was like i, I was like fuck like what do we do and he's just like he's like you guys are gonna have to headline the show um he's like i'm sorry but like there might not be anybody here but yeah j just show up and sure enough we got to the show everybody had left except for death before dishonor and like our five friends from arizona they they stuck around and and watched us which i was like damn this is this that touring rocks. yeah this is this touring band that didn't have to stay but they were so down that they waited and watched us play this really awkward set but we're really cool about it and you know not pissed off at us for being late that fucking kicks what a cool story yeah like what a what a cool thing hardcore rocks yeah for sure yeah so that's why like i, I just have a lot of respect for uh for, for that band and i uh you know don't want people to take them for granted just because they've been around for a long time completely agreed okay well uh as far as uh weapon x um there's the comp song and i i, I haven't said this but uh for people who are listening to this episode by now they will have heard the comp song because it, it, it premiered at the beginning of this episode but oh awesome but I, i'm just curious um you know uh, past that uh are you guys working on any new music or are you just kind of letting this uh, you know kind of uh, chill and let people kind of bond with it uh so i know i know like isaac and i think brian have already started kind of like doing initial you know like initial work on new mm -hmm. songs so yeah i mean we're definitely gonna do something else i don't know how soon that's gonna be um you know clearly noct is on tour right now and dare's about to go to europe so you know everybody's everybody else is pretty busy mm -hmm. uh, with super cool shit and um i, I that's one of the things that i i'm kind of stoked for about this band because um you know noct noct is always going to be busy dare's probably always going to be busy and you know um we just kind of get to do stuff on our own time when we when we're able to and that means there's not really much pressure or stress or anything like that and uh it's it's fun we just you know we just get to have a good time with it okay and as far as like you know playing shows obviously you got that taste at the fest are, are you wanting to to do more or are you happy with like you know just you know doing things when you can i you know i, I like we all definitely want to do more i know um all of the guys are you know we all want to play shows it's just kind of where we can fit it in mm -hmm. um we might have some stuff coming up that i don't think i can talk about yet but okay. hopefully hopefully you know we'll be doing stuff soon and i'm excited okay awesome and for people like me who miss out on the fest uh, will there be any merch available <laughs> I, I do think I, it, <laughs> yeah i think we're gonna do another run of the of the shirt that we did at the fest um just be, even even that day we were like fuck like maybe we should have made more um the fest was just you know could not have asked for a better first show in general um it was much way far beyond again anything that i ever would have expected as far as reaction and and people buying shirts and it, it was just you know very humbling very fucking cool okay well i'll keep my eye open for that and you know <laughs> <laughs> try to get one because i um uh, my buddy uh, eric plays in dare so i i, I saw uh i, I think it was I, I can't remember it was either him or his girlfriend kelly wearing one and i and i, I didn't say anything but i was like damn i'm so jealous I, I really want one of those shirts we'll make sure you we'll make sure you get one okay definitely appreciate Bye. that 
yeah, that's, that's, that's something we definitely talked about, you know, like, okay, like clearly we probably need to make some so that everybody that wants one can grab one. So, okay. Well, hell yeah. Well, I'm super stoked on the band and I, you know, definitely looking forward to, you know, seeing Weapon X do more, but one thing that I am curious about, uh, you know, I was browsing your Instagram, noticed that uh, you're into video games. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm just curious to know um what are you uh, currently playing and like uh, do you play on a PC or do you have a, a console? So I, I have both. I have a PlayStation Four and I have a PC. And I would say the majority of stuff that I play is on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a fucking nerd. Like I play a bunch of like weird like milsim shit i've been involved in an arma community for like uh six or seven years at this point um i play like a flight sim called dcs but i also play like i finished uh my first playthrough of elden ring um a couple weeks ago and i've been meaning to kind of go through new game plus and i just haven't picked it back up quite yet so i play a pretty good range of shit okay and uh just curious about um your uh, elden ring run uh, what kind of build did you go with so uh first build for pretty much any from soft like souls game um obviously barring Sekiro because there's not really much in the way of builds there is i i'm a big dex guy um and since they brought power stancing back from dark souls 2 i decided that i wanted to power stance katanas um so i you know pure decks i did not touch like any of the magic any of the faith stuff at all mm-hmm. um i grabbed so you're uh, the bloody finger hunter he's got a really long katana called the nagakiba and i murdered him <laughs> for it uh mm-hmm. mild spoilers i guess but i murdered him for that and then a buddy did the same thing and gave me a second one so i did basically most of my first playthrough with uh two nine foot long katanas um and then when i beat melania i switched one of those for her weapon um so pure pure decks all power all power stance katana the entire way through pretty much i didn't didn't block didn't parry at all i'm really happy that uh, ellen ring was you know or is as successful as it is because i I feel like it's kind of turned as like a like a pop culture thing oh yeah because for for people who um you know were familiar with uh you know from soft before and played you know demon souls dark souls and even new games like uh, bloodborne you mentioned sekiro like i I always thought those games were were awesome just because it Mm -hmm actually presented a challenge and it was like just unforgiving and super interesting as well and like deep lore um and for um uh eldering to to get this popular i was just like very pleasantly surprised because i had like you know friends who are like casual gamers like ask me if they should buy elden ring and i just had to kind of i had to give them like a fair warning i'm like um i was like i would recommend it because it's like in my opinion like a really awesome game but just know that you're probably gonna hate your life yeah yeah it's it's hard like and and i would go as far as to say it's easily one of the best games i've ever played in my life um it's just the i spent um three days so after i beat radon i spent like three days just looking at my map and saying looks like there would be something cool here i'm gonna go there and check it out and like 99 times out of 100 there was something there for me to do and i remember at one point i hadn't fought ranala yet mm-hmm. and uh i was up like in uh 
like up near the capital city, like just outside of the capital city. And I was talking with friends about like, oh yeah, like I'm up here, or I found this item or this weapon. And they're like, dude, how the fuck do you have these things? How the fuck are you in these places when you haven't like progressed that far into the actual like story kind of like, dude, all I've been doing is just riding around, checking shit out and like finding things to do. And I had a blast that entire time. You know, I, I, there was never a point where I was like, okay, I'm getting kind of over this or I'm getting kind of bored with this. Um, it's just, it's such a well-made game from top to bottom. The amount of content there is that they packed into it is absurd. It's stupid. Yeah. hundred percent. I, um, you know, found myself, uh, you know, like hours into the game and kind of figuring out that I missed like these like catacombs. I'm like, what the hell are catacombs? I- I'm finding these yeah. like random doors in the side of a mountain leading me to these like, you know, obviously these like catacombs that like, uh, you know, are, you know, have these like puzzles to, to solve, yep. to, to finish. I'm like, wow, this is like, you know, uh, like a- another layer that I just, you know, like, cause I can, I thought I was doing fine going the right path and come to find out there's like these things that I've been missing, you know, hours into the game. Um, yeah, it- it's super fun. I, I, you know, can't recommend. Uh, and I, I, maybe i'm wrong but i i feel like this might be like the most like user-friendly one so so what's funny about you mentioning that is is i think maybe barring Sekiro, because i think Sekiro might be the hardest from game because there's no you can't summon people you can't um you know there's none of those tools that they've given you in the other Mm -hmm. games to help uh temper how difficult it is but i think barring Sekiro. Elden Ring is the hardest from game, but you have so many different tools that you can utilize to to mitigate that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, it's part of why I feel okay with recommending it to people because, yeah, it's really hard. It's harder than, I think it's harder than any of the dark, you know, any of the Dark Souls. It's harder than Bloodborne. It's harder than Demon Souls. But you have so many different ways that you can play it and so many different tools that you have access to, whether it's like crazy ass magic, summoning people, the, the, you know, the ashes that you can summon. Like it's, it's really, it's unreal. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, announce that I never beat Sekiro because it like, I think that was like it's one fucking hard. That's one game that like, like, almost like mentally broke me I, I i don't remember the name of the boss but there was like this there was like this monkey and it had a it was, it was like Guardian an un- ape. yeah it was like an undead monkey and I, I remember like i got through the first phase and i was so excited because i thought i beat him and then there was the second phase and i'm like really are you kidding me like i have to learn the second phase well and what's funny about that part is they they when you beat the first phase it does the thing that it does for every other boss where it says uh oh what does it say it does the thing where it's like something defeated and you're like okay like i'm done and i'm really glad that like when i played it i didn't have that spoiled for me so that when he fucking picks his head up it's like what the fuck is going i don't know it's great yeah that that i i had to revisit that and also i'm hearing like after the fact that that was like originally supposed to be like um like a new tenchu game which i had no idea i love i love tenchu as well Mm -hmm. um i i'm really into like like i like FromSoft a lot and there there were rumors um either end of last year or earlier this year that we're getting an armored course we're getting armored core mm-hmm. like another armored core and nothing has really come out since then and i am very impatiently waiting to hear if that's what like they have on deck next yeah and now i'm trying to think like yeah that you know the the souls type game is so awesome uh oh yeah 
yeah they're like uh, amazing for creating that and like have you ever tried like neo yeah i so i, I never played the second one and mm-hmm. i've been meaning to for ages because i've heard if you like the first neo the second one does everything that it did better and you know team ninja is the fucking shit so neo's a blast um and i i keep meaning to pick up neo 2 on pc and i just haven't done it yet yeah i think the only one that i haven't tried is uh is it a uh, code vein right is that the- i haven't tried code vein i have it's one of those things where it's you know i've, I've had friends that have played it and they're like it's anime dark souls so you know mm-hmm. you'd probably like it and i i I, that's another one that I didn't mean to play. I always was interested in trying uh, the Surge, it's like the the super like sci-fi industrial mm-hmm. Souls game. It looks really cool, but I haven't played that either. Yeah, I, I remember was it like for like uh, Jeff Keeley's, uh, you know his uh, his like little conference that he does. I forget what the, the hell he calls it, um, but there was like rumors that there's supposed to be like a Final Fantasy like Souls game interesting yeah and i'm just like i, I i'm just a sucker for anything final fantasy so i'm like same. okay like I, I i would love to play something like that okay wait i, I didn't even know you like final fantasy but um, i love final fantasy i grew up so like i i would say i'd have a hard time placing it in here but i think final fantasy 6 is easily in my top 10 and it's honestly 7 probably is too in my top 10 games of all time so I that's funny that you mentioned six. Uh, I so I, I bought the pixel remaster on Steam and I, I, I tried booting into it and it, it just is like takes me to this black screen. I'll just say like now loading it'll, like flash for like maybe like 30 seconds and it just like stops flashing open. And yeah, and I, I thought maybe something was wrong with my PC. I like uninstalled, reinstalled like so many times. And then in like the community forums on Steam, they're just like, yeah, if you have like an NVIDIA graphics card, like it's just not going to work. And yeah, and I was weird. like, yeah, it was, it was a weird thing. And it really bummed me out because I, I was, you know, well, not because I spent my money, but also I was just really bummed that I wasn't going to be able to, you know, experience the the pixel remaster. So, yeah, I, I need to check that out because I haven't looked into the pixel remasters at all. But mm-hmm. dude, six is, if you haven't played it, six is unbelievably good. I think it's got one of the coolest, like, central casts in all of Final Fantasy because that's like, that's a big thing for me. Um, is whether or not the central cast is interesting and compelling mm-hmm. and i think six is near or at the top of the list as far as that goes interesting okay uh i always have to ask because i'm i biased when it comes to final fantasy 10 that's my favorite final fantasy so I, i'm curious like how you um you know enjoyed that or if you even enjoyed it okay there's layers to it for okay me. so i don't like a lot of the central cast of final fantasy 10 um i mm-hmm. love oran Mm-hmm. I'm not big on I'm not big on Titus. Um, I think I think Yuna is a really cool character. Okay. So I'm iffy about ten because I, on one hand I think a lot I think a lot of the gameplay stuff they did is phenomenal. I think the sphere grid is really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. I think Blitzball is one of the like most fun uh, and also like one of the most well fleshed out like kind of side things that you can do because you know you've got blitzball you've got uh triple triad from final fantasy 8 and you know those kinds of like they're side things but like there's a good amount of content to them i think blitzball might pound for pound be the best of those um i used i used to, if you would have asked me like a few years ago i'd have said yeah like fuck final fantasy 10 i don't like it but i think my stance has softened on it over the years because i think there's enough about it that i do like that um that 
it counteracts, you know, the, the, the handful of things that I don't like. Also, some cool shinfo that I found out not too long ago. The guy that sings uh, Another World was a straight edge dude i think from the uk that sang for a straight edge band over there and i thought that that was like just a funny little link or like a funny little piece of shinfo mm-hmm. that's crazy I, I i never heard that before okay well that's cool i definitely like hearing people's um uh, opinions on Fall messy 10 whether they like it or not um does for me i i, I just i I'm, I'm just a sucker for that story right oh yeah it's i i do one of the things that I really like about the story is that I think at the end, I like that it's not necessarily wrapped up with like a nice bow tie. Like it's not necessarily a bad ending, but it's also not necessarily like a super happy ending where everybody kind of comes out of it like on top. And uh, I think I like that. There's some layers to it. Wait, so how did you feel when they announced Final Fantasy Ten Two? So I've never played Ten Two. I have been told by like a not insignificant amount of people that it's actually really fucking fun. Um, I would agree because they they make it interesting with like all the the you know costume changes when when you switch yeah. classes. So it it just makes it fun with like just like the the amount of like different combinations you can have and just I I think the the three girls right um, uh, Yuna uh, Riku and Pain. Uh, yeah. I, I think they're super awesome. Just like Pain being like a, a, a newer character because they, they didn't have to like introduce like a new character to the series, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm happy that they did. And I, I, I th- think uh, it's worth playing. It's not like the best, but just sure. to, just to try something different. The first Final Fantasy to get a direct sequel, uh, yeah. you know, it was it was a good effort. And also, like I, I feel like the whole because I think some people have this bias against it just because it's a direct sequel, and like Final Fantasy isn't supposed to have a sequel. But mm-hmm. like, heavy spoilers here for anybody that hasn't played it yet. But like, if you look at the Final Fantasy VII remake, that's not a remake. Yeah. That's a fucking. That is a sequel disguised as a remake. I think that's how. That's how I have you played the Seven remake. No, if I'm being honest, I have not because I do not own a PlayStation. Breaking news. Yeah, it's well, it sucks that it it sucks that it's only on PlayStation because like I want to play Intergrade, which is like the I guess uh, I don't know how much content it adds, but I know like Yuffie shows up mm-hmm. in it, and I can't because I don't have a PlayStation Five. Um, I don't want to spoil it for you, so I'm actually going to shut the fuck up here. Uh, okay. But. I think someone like data mind in that like there's going to be like a steam release at some point. That's so, awesome. That, yeah. that rules. I'm happy about that. I'll honestly probably rebuy it because I've been thinking about replaying it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, you sh- if, if you get a chance to when you get a chance to play it, uh, we should circle back around because I would be interested since you like Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. I would be really curious to hear what you think about where they take it. Okay, and um, you know, you, you mentioned you're like really into like the the core class. Are so are are you a fan of like a smaller roster versus like a bigger roster? Um, I think I think it depends because like you know, Final Fantasy six VI and seven have I would say reasonably big rosters. Like mm-hmm. if we're looking at the original games, and those rosters are fucking awesome. But then if you look at hot take, I love Final Fantasy fifteen. Because I think the core cast of fifteen is unfucking believably good. Mm-hmm. I think the four, I think the four guys on the road trip have like 
they're really cool characters who have really interesting motivations and all of their interactions with each other are like i think really well written and really compelling um and that's like a pretty small cast when mm-hmm. it boils down to it but i really like that too so i think i think it just kind of depends you know on how how everybody's written yeah did you ever play chrono cross yeah oh yeah yeah i feel like that's like a little too extra when it comes to a like, little bit too much yeah um because there's like you know there's like uh, like hundreds of characters but i'm like yeah only like two like give me the little like goblin spriggan person and like little alien that you can unlock and, yeah and i'm good yeah i like i also I, I will say chrono cross is another game that as a kid i did not really appreciate or care for but as a as a game that ties directly back into Chrono Trigger, mm-hmm. um, as I've got, because I love Chrono Trigger, as I've gotten older, I think I appreciate Chrono Cross a bit more in that regard because they do some real wacky shit with like you know the kind of Chrono Trigger like time timeline fuckery and everything, and I, I like that a lot. Okay, and like uh, obviously, like Final Fantasy is like 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 one of the best uh, series ever, but oh, yeah. as far as like other RPGs, do you follow? Um, like, did you ever play <laughs> like a Super Mario RPG or? Oh any- yeah, like dude. So so the Super Nintendo is my favorite uh, console of all time. I think okay. pound, I think pound for pound, like I if you were to ask me, you know, hey, give me your top twenty five favorite games or whatever. So many of them would be Super NES games. Um, I love Super Mario RPG. Um, I love Castlevania. I love uh, trying to think of other big RPGs and like RPG franchises. Yeah, I I, I was thinking like, you know, like the off like you ever play like a Xeno Blade. Yep, I played I played. So I haven't played like the new the only one that I've played is uh, the the PlayStation. The first PlayStation one is that uh, Xeno Gears. Yeah. Yeah, I played Xeno Gears, and I know that there's not really any relation between mm. that and like Xenoblade and and all of that. But like, I've always been nominally interested in those, just because I mean they're, you know, JRPGs, and at a base level, like I like a lot of JRPGs. So I need to I need to take the dive into those. You know, by recommendation, like my buddy Nate, shout out Nate. Um, uh, we we play Apex together like all the time, and uh, he was talking about uh this uh, Yakuza game, Like a Dragon, and he was like, "Dude, this game's so fun! Like, I just got like a dildo as a weapon, and it's kind of wacky." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, that sounds kind of interesting." And he's like, "Yeah, like it's turn based. It feels like a throwback, but it's really good." And he kept talking about it, talking about it, and one day I was like, "All right, fuck it, I'm just gonna buy it and see what." what it's like and i fell in love with that game because it was like everything that i love about rpgs and I, I could not recommend that to like anybody who's even like remotely like a fan of um you know that series or even JR. like that that type of game like like go pick that game up it's perfect i so it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I this is another conversation i was having like within the past few days yakuza is a series that i've never taken the dive into and it's not mm. for any particular reason i just haven't done it yet even though i know it's so far up my alley uh i like i know that i know once i dive into it i'm i'm positive that i'm gonna love it and from what i understand about like a dragon the main guy that you know that the main like director loves uh dragon quest mm-hmm. and he was like hey we've done you know five or six games with like kind of the action rpg style like i want to do yakuza with dragon quest mechanics and i think that's one it's really cool and two it's really fucking funny that you know 
you've got this sudden shift into like this very traditional JRPG like style of, of gameplay um, after doing so many games where you're not really doing that. I, I think that's funny and, and cool. Yeah, but also to be able to pull it off so well for it to be yeah, like you know, so well received, it, it's it, it says something about that game. Yeah, I've been told I've been told that like like a dragon's like you know the Dragon Quest stuff that they do in it is like awesome that they fucking nail it and like I Metal Gear Solid is my favorite video game franchise of all time and people have to- people have told me like you know you love Metal Gear mm-hmm. Yakuza feels similar in terms of like in terms of the tone of it because sometimes it's very like tongue in cheek mm-hmm. very like kind of goofy and then sometimes it's very like melodramatic and over serious and and it it flips wildly between you know those extremes and they're, they're like so yeah you need to play yakuza so one day soon i'm gonna take the dive okay I, i'm interested to hear your thoughts on it but you, you now you have to bring up metal gear oh god i i get sad when i think about that series where did they go wrong um here's the here's the way that i look at it like i think i think by the time metal gear solid 5 was coming out i think the franchise was always going to be on borrowed time at that point because Mm -hmm. i think from like two onwards hideo kojima didn't want to do metal gear anymore and he kept getting tapped for it by by konami and um i'm okay with it because like i love I love Metal Gear Solid 3. I love Metal Gear Solid 4. I love Metal Gear Solid 5, even if 5 is like a technically, you know, incomplete game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I, I think even what, I think with 5 in particular with it, you know, having all the kind of drama around it with him getting fired from Konami and everything, I think it still smokes 95% of the games that have come out since it came out from a gameplay standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, there's few games mechanically that I can think of that just feel as good to play as Metal Gear Solid Five does. I didn't own a PlayStation by the time that came out, so that was like the one that I missed out on. Mm-hmm. It's on. It's on PC. So, <laughs> do I want to? Okay, all right. I'm gonna have to dive in at some point because I loved um, Metal. I, I, Metal Gear Solid Two is my favorite because I, 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 I think just the story was just so cool. And just like the, the thought of like, just kind of being in like, this like one area, you know, that, that oil, um, oil. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is so cool. And obviously like, um, you know, there's like another character that, that you play as I remember people being so upset at, at the time, but I'm like, oh, this guy seems kind of cool. See, I, okay. I'm like a super Raiden apologist. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, from the moment he's introduced up through the rest of the series, I think Raiden is the fucking shit. Um, I think he's like a really cool, interesting character because mm. um, he, I, without diving into it too deep, because it's something I could talk about for hours. Um, you know, he's not, he's not like super self-assured and badass like snake is. He, he doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the, the know-how He's a guy who finds out over the course of Metal Gear Solid 2 that everything that he does, everything that he knows, everything that he recognizes in his life is a sham. Like it's all, it is all, you know, a a simulation. It's all a lie. And he still endeavors to do the right thing to, to finish what he's supposed to do. Um, I think that's fucking cool. 
and then eventually turns into a badass. Did you ever play Metal Gear Rising? Yes, I fucking love Metal. It's funny. I, I so I stream from time to time. Uh, okay. Not like I don't take it super seriously. It's not something that I like want to like do as like a career or anything. I just do it for funsies. And mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna. It, I've been talking about streaming Metal Gear Rising soon because I haven't played it in a few years. And I love Rising. It is if you have if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't played Metal Gear Rising, even if you don't care about Metal Gear Solid, you owe it to yourself to play that game because it is such like a distilled like like they had such a distinct idea of what they wanted to do with that game and i think it's not super often that you see a piece of media that just has such a focused idea of what it wants to be and it fucking rips yeah and especially being a spinoff of something that is huge as metal gear and for it to be so different but so fucking cool at the same time yeah it's awesome it's and like and it's like universally you know acclaimed like everybody i've never met somebody that's like oh like yeah like metal gear rising sucks you know Mm -hmm. fun fact metal gear rising the last video game that i bought in physical form after that after that i followed in the footsteps of my good buddy zach uh and i i'm 100 percent digital that's at this point i am too i try Mm -hmm. you know i I try not to buy physical copies Uh, a buddy of mine um, he does, you know, like gaming YouTube content. He actually put out a really good video on the physical or on the environmental impact of like physical media, partic- you know, with a focus on gaming in this regard, because mm-hmm. that's like what he does content about. And it's a really good watch. I'll link it to you if you if you want to see it. At some yeah, point. no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely curious uh, because for me, the reason why I switched, there's a couple of reasons. One, I found it so easy to just give up on games and go and trade and sell. Yep. So now it's like, okay, I buy and own the license. So now I'm just stuck with it. So I'm, yep. I, you know, I have no other choice but, but to play it. So that, that, that's one reason. But then also, I kind of got over having to go to like, as like, you know, these consoles turned more into like computers, right? I hated going to these midnight launches, getting my copy, going home, and then having to install and update. And then it's I, a pain in the ass. Yeah. So it's just like, I'm going to go digital. I can preload. So when it hits 9 p.m., I don't even have to wait till midnight. I can, I'm good to go. Yeah. It's awesome. That's, it's, it's, I'm the exact same way at this point. I, you know, it's, it's like, I like going to the movies from time to time. Mm-hmm. But nine times out of 10, if I want to watch something, I'd prefer to be on my couch, like chilling, watching it in my home. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I feel creeped out when I go to the movies because I, I wouldn't normally go to the movies alone. And I always run Great into style. like, yeah, I, I always run into like these weird situations where like I'm in an empty theater. Some creeper will come and sit right next to me. And I'm just like, come on, dude. Like, dude, let me let me let me enjoy this in peace. Yeah. Me, you know, yeah. Or I got. um uh I I won't even tell the story or I'll just have it like just other people in the theater that are just really annoying and like yep. you try to just not pay them any attention but when it's hard not to yeah there's this kid next to me sucking down on his icy that's clearly empty because I could hear him sucking on air I'm like yeah. dude shut the fuck up I didn't pay <laughs> the $25 to come to the 4D theater to hear you suck down on this air you annoying kid and then like yeah, yeah it's just yeah yeah nine it, times it, out of ten I'd rather just be on my couch and watch it and you know, it that, like there's a few movies that I've seen in theaters that like I'm glad I saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I got that that particular experience in theaters. But for the most part, I'm happy with just chilling at home and watching. Yeah, no, same here. I would much rather be like in my own environment instead of having to, 
you know, be on kind of like edge to yeah for for anything, right? So yeah, agreed. Yeah, but I I, I got to get out to the to the theater. I I, I got to watch Morbius at some point. Not <laughs> not because I'm like excited, but um, because I know uh, because I I do like these um uh, podcasts with Tyler frequently. Like whenever an, an MCU movie comes out, we'll, we'll come on and uh, you know talk for hours about yeah, it. I- Tyler Short, right? Yeah, yeah. Just to make sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. He and I talk about like we talk about the MCU stuff a lot because we're both we both like read comics a lot, like as you know, younger guys. So like I, you know, I love the MCU. If you would have told me as a thirteen year old that we were gonna get fucking fifty of these movies and TV shows, you know, at the quality that they're at, I would have told you you're full of shit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, that's why these days when I hear people, you know, bitch about like oversaturation or how it's ruined the movie industry, I'm just kind of like, ah, I don't think so. I, I think it's just something new that's, you know, obviously it, yeah. it's taken over, but there's still like other good types of film out there. It's just, you know, this is just what's popular right now. I think the one, the one argument that I sort of can understand is that the type of money that they have made for you know for like the industry sort of makes it hard for other smaller movies that are uh, that are just at a base level never going to make a fraction of that money mm-hmm. it can make it can make it harder to in you know especially like indies or something it can make it harder to entice theaters to like carry those movies and screen those movies and give those movies like a chance to 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 make it you know and i that's like the one argument that i understand the idea that like, oh, they're not art, they're not whatever. It's like, dude, I don't fucking care, man. I, I this idea that like it has to, that every movie has to be, I don't know, fucking Citizen Kane or some shit. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, me either. Because even being younger, right, getting to see like Wesley Snipes as Blade or oh, you incredible. Know, even Ben Affleck is, uh, you know, uh, Daredevil, Matt Murdock. I was happy with that, right? Yeah. But but then when you get to see those X Men films, uh, even though they weren't the greatest, and then even that first Spider Man with Tobey Maguire, yeah. I was like, are are we gonna see like this new age of like comic book films? Like, are people finally <laughs> realizing that these can be good movies and not you know not like the older Batman's you know with like yeah. um, George Clooney, which like I like, but sure, but, but they're corny. Yeah, exactly. They're but, very hammy and goofy. Yeah. So so to 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 be able to watch the rise and like you know, see these comic book films get taken to like a whole nother level. It's so cool for me because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the same way, just being able to, uh, you know, see these characters that I just loved as a kid and yep. never thought that because, you know, back in the day, it, it wasn't cool to read comic books. No. It, you know, like, like I, I wouldn't say that I ever I never got like beat up for liking comics or anything, mm-hmm. but comics were very much like a very much like a niche, you know, a thing, a niche thing. They weren't they weren't. Mm-hmm. And now and what's funny about that is. You know, before using Guardians of the of the Galaxy as an example, prior to that coming out, that was very much a, a team of and roster of characters that, like, if you didn't read comics, like every like most people could tell you, oh yeah, Spider Man, mm-hmm. oh yeah, the X Men, Guardians of the Galaxy. Before you know, before those movies came out, people would have been like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I've never heard of these in my life. Rocket Raccoon, what the fuck is that? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's cool that obviously we're getting the bit, you know, the big heavy hitters. We're getting Spider-Man. We're getting, you know, the Avengers. But we're also getting like some of the deeper cuts have been really popularized. And I think that that's sick. Yeah. One of the 
things that I was most excited about. Like you can see it behind me, like on, on the floor right here. Sorry, it's like weird to point. It's just it. the the Netflix stuff. Yeah, that that was a game changer. I remember I had friends from Vegas coming into town to stay with me because like we were like doing like a Disney weekend, and I was like, "Yo, like you guys are getting in." on the day that daredevil premieres and i can't watch it like when it drops because i have to go to work so when i get home we're watching we're watching, <laughs> we're watching daredevil then we're going to disneyland and they're like okay like we don't know why you're so obsessed but like we'll watch it and they were hooked like, i've got a i've got a take about daredevil okay netflix daredevil i think the netflix daredevil pound for pound is the best piece of mcu content that's been made so far i i love daredevil mm-hmm like a lot. My heart was legitimately broken when it got canceled. Obviously, be, not because of like you know ratings or whatever, but because of like you know they're starting Disney Plus and they're doing like a whole different thing. When that whole thing started to crumble, I was just like, why? Heartbroken. Yeah, I, I dude, I loved, I loved Daredevil. Like the first season of Jessica Jones is unreal. Mm-hmm. First season, is, first season of Luke Cage is fucking unreal. Iron Fist, maybe not so much, which <laughs> yeah. is a bummer because, like, I love Iron Fist as a character. Um, I mean, even like, not that I'm trying to bring it back around or anything, but mm-hmm. like, the band is called like we're X Weapon X technically because we did find out that there was that there's a band from L, like a thrash band from LA called Weapon X, but like the band name is a Wolverine reference, mm-hmm. you know? It's it's and so like comics fucking rule and the MCU fucking rules, so. Yeah, I I definitely love it, and it's something that I just you know, and it's like one of those things where I feel like this probably is a simulation because how is it that I was born at the time that I was love these things that were like a little obscure as a kid, but now as I'm getting older, I get to like kind of see like the the fruits of like their labor right because for, yep. for, for the people who are fighting to keep these things going all the people who wrote for those books and all the artists mm-hmm. and everybody and now it's like i get to see like you know these amazing they're things. all household names now yeah you um, know. and uh, I, they're supposed to bring back daredevil for yeah. Disney from what Plus. i understand like a couple months ago it, the like whatever they're doing with daredevil started like print you know either production or like principal photography or whatever mm-hmm. so i mean i I popped the fuck off in No Way Home when you know Matt showed up. Oh, really? For that. I was, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, they can, they can fuck up the rest of this movie, and I'd be happy, I'd be ecstatic with that. And they didn't. The rest of the movie fucking rocks mm-hmm. too. But you know, I, I had that moment, but at home because I read the spoiler and I saw like the 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 photo, so I was like freaking out. And um, I I remember like t- like texting tyler she's like i, I don't want to spoil you know what he doesn't want to know so i was like hey did you you read any updates he's like no i'm like all right cool then i won't say anything yeah. but going to the theater with my friends they know how much i like daredevil so when they saw him for the first time they looked over at me and i was just casual like, <laughs> they were like just cool just cool yeah they were so confused but like i, I couldn't like tell them that i already knew like the whole movie before i even watched it because i read everything on reddit um and like granted i didn't know like you know everything i just read a bunch of stuff and i was like okay let me see what's true and i feel like that's like kind of fun um because i'm like and i i I just want to know so i'm sorry i'm just reading all these theories so for me i don't care about spoilers for anything ever Mm -hmm. at all because me knowing what is coming or what's going to happen isn't going to impact how much I enjoy seeing it unfold. Mm-hmm. That's how, and, and I get, I get why other people wouldn't feel that way. I get why some people would not like spoilers, but like for me, I don't give a shit. 
don't care. Yeah. You know? No, so. no yeah. I, I'm the same way. Like, when Avengers first came out, I remember I was on Reddit and somebody had watched it in, like, Russia. And they were like, this is, like, 100%. And I was just, like, I felt like I was reading fan fiction because I'm like, there's no way this is, like, what yeah. is actually going to happen. Because, like, because yeah. Avengers didn't happen at that point. Like, we didn't see anything we, at, at that we scale. We didn't have any. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, we didn't have anything at that scale that they had built up over the course of you know, six, seven years, however long it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, obviously, you know, we're used to it. But at that time, it was that was new territory. Yeah. And, and I'm definitely looking forward to the, you know, next like Avengers film, whenever that does happen. I feel like, I, yeah, I feel like obviously, like it's been really rocky because of like the pandemic, mm-hmm. guarding to the galaxy issues, uh, you know, uh, Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, and, God. Yeah. So it's just like there's so many things that have like uh you know caused things to not go in the order that they wanted. Uh mm-hmm. so I, I'm just curious to see how they're gonna put it all together and who same like this and everybody's trying to figure out like who the next like main villain is. Um, one of the things one of the things that I'm really excited about, because like, you know, they they did they did the Netflix stuff. Mm-hmm. The Netflix stuff, even though technically it is MCU it always felt kind of sequestered off into its own like little corner and same with like agents of shield. Like it never felt like you would see stuff from the movies come into agents of shield, but you'd never see stuff from agents of shield come into the movies. Mm -hmm. And now with, with like the newer run of TV shows with moon Knight and Scarlet and, uh, WandaVision. And, and it seems like they're finally starting to break down that, that, uh, barrier between, the television side of things and the movie side of things. And I'm really excited to see what they do with that. Yeah. And, and I'm happy that you mentioned agents of shield. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't give that show like it's roses. They got done dirty. They yeah. Got done dirty. Cause like it, it was rough, you know, the first half of season one, but you, you saw the progression and the budget rise with like the, oh, yeah. the, the CGI getting better. And then they had and, the, and, the um, Nick Fury cameo and dude, it's awesome. Yeah. And like they, they do so much cool deep cut shit in it. Like uh, her, the what's her name? Uh, God, I haven't seen Quake or... Yeah. Quake. The fact that they did Quake in the first place is nuts. They did fucking Deathlock like really early on. Mm-hmm. They did Ghost Rider. Like they did so much cool kind of deeper cut stuff that, you know, uh, like I remember like they'd, they'd be setting something up and as I kind of, you know, when they first revealed like Deathlock, I was like, oh shit, like, and, and it's a shame that, um, it's a shame that at the time that that barrier seemed to exist because I feel like they did so much cool shit that could have had impacts elsewhere had they, you know, chosen to capitalize on it. Yeah, and that's that's where I want to direct people to go to go see good, um, you know, inhuman uh, content. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. if you look at the show, the that was that was a disaster from the very start. Yeah, pretty rough. Um, yeah, so go watch Agents of Shield. Uh, it should be. I, is it on Disney Plus? I haven't logged into Disney Plus. I don't know if it's on Disney um, Plus yet because uh, I know I think they took off pretty much all of the Marvel stuff from Netflix. Um, so it might be up there. Mm-hmm. I would hope, maybe, but yeah, no. But I'm real happy that, that you mentioned that show because it was it had everything, right? Yeah, it had. Yeah. It was they, so they touch, good. They touch on almost every, like the only thing, the only major thing that I can think of that they don't touch on much is X Men, which like even then, like Quake, kind of an X related character because I think in the mm-hmm. comics she's a mutant. 
I could be mistaken. It's, I'm a little rough on. No, I, I think she is inhuman pure. But is she? Okay. Yeah. But I think the only reason why they couldn't touch on X-Men back then was because they didn't own Fox didn't at the, the time. License. Yeah. Yeah. And and now, I mean, now we're seeing art. Before I say this, are you caught up on Moon Knight? I have no spoiler alert. I have not watched a single episode. It's great so far. It's okay. awesome. Um, but uh, have you? Did you watch Falcon and Winter Soldier? Oh, okay, um, I've seen every uh, Disney Plus series except for Moon Knight. This okay, part. awesome. Yeah. They straight up go to Madripoor and Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and that Madripoor, like even though yeah, like it does show up in Captain America comics and everything, that is an X Men thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and then even I, the um uh, the, the the early Doctor Strange two trailer right you, you hear um oh per- yeah yeah i remember i was freaking out because i'm I like pop the fuck off because 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 i've always said that um you know x-men has just been okay right i feel like days of future past is the best one out of Agreed. the bunch and when i look at what uh fox was doing i'm like they're just ruining the legacy of x-men they've killed off fantastic four they've made it an, an embarrassment which and- like i'm not bummed about because i like really guys. okay like, so, I, lo- I love dr doom okay but i do- and i like johnny storm but i fucking hate sue and reed richards i can't really him. oh okay. i hate dude reed richards is such a motherfucker he's um i okay so i like the fantastic four so much because growing up um i would have to ride the the bus to like elementary school so i, I would i would get up early and um I forget what channel it was, but uh, they would either show Iron Man or Fantastic Four. And I was like, okay, cool. At least I can enjoy this before I go and hate my life for like the next eight hours because <laughs> I didn't like school. So that yeah. was like one thing that I really loved growing up. And then, um, yeah, just through life, I just really enjoyed reading Fantastic Four, even though it hasn't like you know always been like the best did you, read. Did you ever, did you read the run where Johnny Storm like dies and spidey joins mm-hmm. uh yeah that i that run like the future foundation run is pretty fucking cool mm-hmm. and, and even um like like a throwback like the like the ultimates like universe like even oh yeah yeah that, that stuff was really fun um but i just like the the cast that they had for the last fantastic four film was awesome yeah but, the, the, the actors are great like yeah uh i'm, I'm a huge fan just, of miles teller um yeah he's the, yeah but I just I just am now happy knowing that at least we can get a Fantastic Four from Marvel Studios. And mm-hmm. and there's no way that it's going to be shit because th- I feel like every everything except for Black Widow. Amazing. Like they haven't missed. And and even with Black Widow, like I don't hate it. It just but, it very much it very much felt like it came out way too late for like the impact like it should have been a phase two movie yeah i i feel like we it suffered heavy because we got so much promo and it was supposed to come out for so long and then when it came out it just kind of was like this is weird that we're getting this story when we kind of know like her future you know exactly yeah it it was very very weird very weird decision to me and you know i wonder how much of that is like the standard like hollywood like kind of sexism like you know having a having a woman lead i i, I don't know mm-hmm. um i don't again i don't hate it because like they did taskmaster and like taskmaster is like kind of it's one of my favorite like b-list villains even if they didn't quite do taskmaster justice in- they did they did taskmaster dirty yeah i but like i i i'm i'm glad to have at least seen 
some representation for Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. I hope that that's maybe not the last that we see of. Yeah, it wasn't the end of Taskmaster, so. Yeah. And maybe we get another Taskmaster. Like, hey, here's the new Taskmaster. Here's the here's the proper one. Did you ever read that Agent X run that led into like uh, Deadpool coming back? No, because I'm like anti Deadpool. <laughs> okay. Let me try to change your mind here. Okay. I'm, I think I think 90% of people who wrote Deadpool, especially in the last 20 years, mm-hmm. have sucked shit at it because they focus on the funny haha meme factor of Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think that that's a wasted opportunity because like if you look at his character history, if you look at uh his origins, he's a super fucking tragic character. And um, there's a real my favorite run of comics of all time is Rick Remender wrote a run called Uncanny X-Force that started in, I think, 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. And the team is like Wolverine, uh, Archangel, Psylocke, Phantom Deadpool. X. Yeah, Phantom X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, OK, have you read that run? You know, what's funny is I was going to say the only time that I enjoyed Deadpool was that run. Dude, he's it's that's how that character should be fucking written mm. because so there's another run uh for, like it's it's older than that it's the Deadpool and Cable run or Cable and Deadpool. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that writers miss out on is Deadpool is a character who desperately wants to be a good guy who like gets put into situations where like he he has to kill or he has to you know what I mean and I think and I think that's why that that Uncanny X Force run works so well because you know in in the fifth or sixth issue after they smoke Kid Apocalypse, Deadpool goes to Wolverine and he's like, "Tell me what we did was right." You know, it's that that whole sequence where he's like, where he's like wigged out about what they did, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, Wolverine goes the fuck off on him and he's like, "You know, you're just a killer. You're a mercenary. Like you've killed. You know, you spilled just as much blood as the rest of us." And Deadpool's walking away, and he's like, "Yeah, but I've never killed a kid." And that I remember that the, the first time reading that, the entire time I was waiting for a punchline that never came, and I was like, "This is how you write this fucking character," because mm-hmm. he does have really cool, funny moments yeah. in that run. He does, but it's not over the top. It's not. It's not over the top, and he's also got like a lot of really like genuinely like, you know, good good characterizations and good moments where like he's not just a fucking meme character and i think that's how you should treat that character yeah write him like that i'll read that book yes agreed completely <laughs> and surprising i enjoy the movies which is weird yeah, I mean, <laughs> well they they sort of do that though they sort of like they're they are very funny but like mm. they also sort of focus on like how much deadpool's life fucking sucks yeah and and I think that's I think that's important for that character. Okay, well I gotta maybe I'll, I'll stop being so anti Deadpool. Let me kind of dive in a little more. Get get my there's toes a lot wet. of. Well, listen, I'll text you about this because uh, you know comics like it's. I think you and I could probably talk about this for literal hours. There are good runs buried in in the the shit there's a lot of shit to sift through but there are good runs that exist of that character Mm -hmm. yeah and that's one thing that i've learned over the years from like reading comic books because i used to 
follow the characters right i'm like okay like, I, don't, I, I still have characters like like um like iron man daredevil no matter who's writing you could put the worst writer on that book i'm gonna read it just because i'm yeah. like those are like that's my guys was, that's how i'm with spider-man like i will read pretty much any spider book mm-hmm. but then i kind of just grew into like okay let me follow these writers instead so so, yeah. so now like um you know in my later years of being like a fan of comic books i'm more interested in following these writers and just being a fan of what they write even if it's something that i might not be interested in but then i'm always like pleasantly surprised of okay yeah i shouldn't be surprised because i love everything that they've written before and there's it, it shouldn't be surprised that they're able to tell a great story even if it doesn't involve some of my favorite characters yep i mean that's well that's how i feel about rick remender he like he wrote that Frankencastle run where like frank castle was like you know uh like a a fucking frankenstein monster Mm -hmm. and i remember when somebody told me about that before i read that run because i don't particularly love punisher Mm -hmm. and i remember hearing about like frankencastle before reading that run i was like what a stupid ass idea like like, what a just a colossally dumb idea and somebody's like no dude like it's actually like really fucking cool you should give it a shot and i read it and i was like all right like i'm sold this is actually somehow awesome it's really fucking interesting and cool yeah, hundred percent. That's fun. I, uh, I have been slacking off in my hobby of comic books. If I'm being honest, luckily I, I have Dang, a, I, luckily I have a poll because like I, I used to be the guy that would go there and buy everything, but then I was like, okay, I, I want more hobbies, so I'm going to invest a little less, just buy what I know that I love, and um, luckily like my friend owns the shop, so he, that's he, cool. He knows like the books that I would enjoy. He, he like, you know, cause he, cause I've been shopping with him for years. So he understands my taste. So I'll, I'm always asking for recommendations and he always points me in the right direction. So I'm happy to kind of have that guidance when it comes to comic books. I'm pretty far behind. I haven't followed comics since probably 2014, 2015. And mm-hmm. I need, and I like, I, it's funny. I keep thinking no. like, maybe I'll go start a new, uh, I was like, maybe I'll start a new pull list. Like maybe I'll start buying comics again. And I need to get back onto that. Um, uh-huh. Cause it's something I enjoy a lot. So I just been recommending this to everybody. Stray dogs. Yeah. Give, give me the scoop. Sell me here. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll just read you the little blurb from Forbes. Uh, Sick. It, it, it says, what do you get when you crossbreed silence of the lambs with all dogs go to heaven? Will <laughs> you get stray dogs? Sick. I'm sold. Yeah, I will absolutely scope this out then. Yeah, I tell it's like so I was put onto that book by my buddy who owns a comic shop. Shout out Enrique. And it was so hyped up that it's like one of those books where like issue one is like hundred plus dollars because it's so popular and so good. Yeah. So I was like, all right, call me when the trade comes out. And sure enough, the, the trade came out and I was like, <laughs> let me pick that up because I'm super into it. So that's sick. Yeah, I'll I'll scope it out. Mm-hmm. OK, well, damn, Dave, this has been super awesome. I, yeah, it's been a blast. Yeah, we'll have you back on because obviously I feel like there's way more stuff that um, we can talk about. But I, um, cool. uh, you know, want to say that for a later date. But I definitely appreciate you coming on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of Weapon X. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, I admire your dedication to your scene because it's <laughs> it's super cool, right? Uh, from you know being overlooked to one of like you know the you know best scenes around you got knock loose one of the biggest bands in hardcore yep. you, you can't argue that they're definitely top nope. three so um you know you, you can't argue that so so it's cool to watch that from afar um but before we sign off is there anything else you would like to say um 
I don't know, you know, it's, I should have, I probably should have thought of, uh, I don't know, some things to shout out. Uh, and I haven't, but I really appreciate you having me on here. And it's, I've honestly had a blast with this. I can't wait to do this again. So, um, and like I said, I'll text you more about comics and shit. Uh, cause clearly there's plenty of ground to cover mm -hmm, for sure. Okay. All right. Well, I, I appreciate your time. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll be back soon.